Welcome, this is the Teaching Excellence podcast for all things FE, teaching, learning, assessment, quality and possibly a few other things along the way. Hosted by Steph Wilkinson and Jade Gibson, leaders in FE who want to support others and make a difference and hopefully spread a little happiness whilst we're at it. Hello. And welcome to the Teaching Excellence podcast. This is Steph, and um, at the other end of the phone is Jade. Yes, hi. Long, long time no speak over a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's been a crazy, I think now it's about six weeks, isn't it, where we've just both been super crazy with yeah. um, end of term, and anyone who works in quality knows that as one year comes to an end you've already started to spin the plates for next year mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I think um the big things that have, have have happened for me are um we had development week and um that was the first time me coordinating development week in my current role and that that was a big mammoth effort lots of people helping but I was yeah that was a pretty big challenge that I faced but it all went really well um, people really enjoyed it. We had lots of amazing people join us to do some stuff. Um, and uh, people, ha- you know, f- feedback was really positive. So our focus now is on how we implement that going into next year and the difference that that will make. So I'm cu- currently working on um, impact. So how about you? What have you been up to, Jade? Um, well, I've started my new role. Oh, yes. So that's um, at a new college, which mm-hmm. has been very um yeah, very exciting, actually. I've come in, um, it's quite a nice time to come in if you're new because people are tying off all the previous year, mm-hmm. um, which I obviously wasn't involved in. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, so I'm kind of just looking for plans for the next year. So I've not got that tying off bit to do, which has been good. Obviously, I had to before I left the previous college, yeah. but um <laughs> Yeah, so um, it's been a really nice time to start, actually, and I've um, been, you know, a lovely warm welcome. I've got a great team, so I'm feeling really positive about the future here and everything. Amazing. Um, Yeah, so it's great. I actually was um, interviewing someone earlier today Mm -hmm. for another role who said they were a fan of the podcast, which was quite cool. (laughs) Yeah, so I did offer my signature and think, no, I'm joking. Um, Yeah, but that's really nice because that tells me that although I'm working now in a completely different part of the country um in terms well you you know quite a significant distance from my last college that's the amazing thing about podcasts is it doesn't really matter where you are or it's kind of makes everything accessible so yeah it's it is super it's super humbling when people say they like what we do because I remember our first conversations about the podcast and um we said oh even if nobody listens I know because we talk about it anyway <laughs> this is just this is just you and me being quality nerds yeah so it's fine yeah oh no that's great and I'm um, I'm glad yeah this is a big change when you change organizations isn't it but um I'm really excited for you and um it's exciting times and talking yeah. of exciting times 
we um, were invited to go to Reimagine FE event. Yes. um, You know, we we said we'd do some podcasts after we'd been to the event and and summarise the the event and really sort of amplify the messages that were coming out of that event because Suzanne uh, Savage and Matt O'Leary, who are are the organisers or the the people who um, dreamt up Reimagine FE, um, they are, are doing a fab job of, of pulling people together to discuss FE, to discuss the challenges that we face, but then um, trying to, you know, create this space for collaboration and conversation about how we, you know, what our positive responses are to the challenges that we face. Um, so it was, it's, yeah, it, we, we went there, what date was it? The 2nd of July. 2nd of July, yeah, and, and uh, I came away from there. Obviously, we're going to give the overview and kind of talk about some of the sessions, yeah. but I came away with this really, really strong, overwhelming feeling that I wish everyone in education could attend it. Yeah. I feel like everyone needs to be involved from all levels of all kind of institutions, Do you know, like I, I really believe it would, ben- you know, it was would be of benefit if you were a strategic leader right down to kind of like teaching or learning support or anything. It, it's, it, it, you know, I, I really had that overwhelming feeling of, I wish everyone could be here. Yeah, <laughs> so. I know. And I was the same. We came away, we were buzzing just to be there, but buzzing with ideas when we came away and just super excited to, you know, see and be part of a really, you know, a supportive, collaborative, exciting sort of space where, like you say, no matter what role you play in in FE and no matter what, you know, you do, uh, you have a space and you have a voice and you can contribute to the development of FE. Um, and the, the theme was FE Speaks. Um, so that's the, you know, it's about that inclusivity and, and, and amplifying the voices of people in FE, which is just amazing. And it's just exactly what needs to happen. It needs to be there. Um, we need to reimagine FE and think about what we what the challenges are, how we're going to navigate them. And that focus on can do and solutions. Yeah very very solution focused and that was the whole point of the working groups that had been set um was actually to come away with solutions at the end of the day and actually what I love because sometimes when you go to conferences obviously we were um dipping out in and out of groups Mm -hmm. um but those that were in the groups were in the groups all day so they were there before um lunch and going back into the same group after lunch because often well we talk about the fact that you can go to some kind of CPD or um and and you feel like oh now I want to actually do something with that information, but there isn't the time. So I really love this. The the structure of the event, I think, was really, really actually useful. Yeah. And I, th- I think everyone in the groups really benefited from that, that real space, real time to grapple with some of the, the topics. It was really funny, actually, because you and me, we had this plan where we would try and get into the majority of these sessions. Yeah. And then what actually happened, which I thought was hilarious, <laughs> is that I said, right, I'll head into this one, you head into that one. So we were fine with what we were going to, we, we had a plan that we'd come out at a certain time and go into some other sessions yeah. um, so that we could get maximum coverage, which was great on paper. We then <laughs> actually went into the sessions, got so involved. You were messaging me saying, I'm going to stay in line for a bit longer. And I was doing the same. <laughs> and it was only because we were forced to come out at lunchtime that we had to then change sessions because yeah. I yeah it was we got so involved and I couldn't help it I started off with um 
hi, I'm just going to be kind of like, um, you know, overseeing and spectating really. So I probably won't get that involved. And then I couldn't help myself. Yeah. <laughs> As a like, fully involved member of the group. It was so Yeah, funny. and we did, we did choose the sessions that kind of we were really passionate about or interested in um but what what as we've discussed what we're going to do is contact all the different um provocateurs and um conveners of the sessions to see if they'd come onto the podcast and talk to us in a bit more detail about what they led on the day yeah uh, what kind of came out of their sessions yeah definitely and I, i think the um you just mentioned it then the provocations that um that kind of set the scene for the day and that was as everyone was together in a group so you can kind of picture the scene big lecture theater kind of in um because it was actually held at Birmingham City University which was a great venue actually wasn't it yeah it was. um so that you know, I won't talk I won't talk about the um where you got locked out <laughs> uh I don't mind I don't mind this I I, went on wonder, looking for, <laughs> I was looking for toilet facilities and I wandered off the beaten track slightly and ended up getting in myself in a um a place that you could only get back out of with it with a card but because it wasn't actually a well, second of July, there wasn't that many. There's not many staff or students about. Um, I, I happened to be there for a little bit longer than I would have liked. Oh my gosh, <laughs> so. la- I cried laughing at that bit. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Luckily, I had my phone and I could ring you and say help. But it's fine. You know, that was a logistical. <laughs> Like, but yeah, but yeah no, the, the provocateurs um, were great, weren't they? Oh yeah. So my, um, Kate, it was Katie Shaw who started us off. Yeah. Um, Palvinder Singh, which we'll, we'll talk about these in a bit more, yeah. and Christina Donovan. Yeah. Um, I had actually already seen Christina Donovan when I went to um, the PD North um, dissemination event. Um, yes. And and I mentioned to you about her, didn't I? Yeah, you did. I came away and said, oh, my God, she was amazing. She, mm. oh, It just really rang true because she was talking a lot about trust. And so she's done, I think it was, a, I don't want to be um, disrespectful now. I think it's a PhD that she's doing in, um, but looking at trust and distrust and how that filters down through kind of organisations. Mm. Um, but starting from kind of government agenda and how that actually impacts through leadership of colleges and then um, kind of teaching staff and, and finally students. And it was, I found it fascinating when I first heard her present and then she actually did a different angle slightly yeah. for this one. Um, and yeah, it's just, it really makes you think, doesn't it? And, it yeah. and I love that she talks about how people have a natural um so you either you have it in you that you either naturally trust people to start with and then they either kind of lose your trust or you naturally distrust people to start with and then they would gain your trust kind yeah. of thing um and how different people would react in different situations and things and I just think oh, I just find it absolutely fascinating so yeah. that was interesting when we're talking about we you know a lot about culture and how that culture is set um, and often how it um, feeds down. And I think she actually put the image up, didn't she, of a rotting fish yeah. and said a fish rots from the head down yeah. um, and kind of like left that with us for a bit. So I think it's, yeah. I just so I yeah, that. feel quite passionate about that, don't we, about those cooperative and collaborative cultures yeah. um, rather than competitive cultures. And I know you're a little bit more competitive than I am. Yes. Um, but, <laughs> you know, being sport background and all of that. But I, um, yeah, you know, this, this, bringing people together she talked about oxytocin didn't she and fostering trust and that social glue that pulls people together 
and that yeah. really aligns with some of the stuff that I've been reading and promoting so the stuff um by Sean Aker the positive psychology um books that I've read which is all about um collaboration and fostering a positive sort of working environment of positive cultures that I just think is is great and um, there's a story in one of his books about competitive um teams and and uh, yeah I just I just think there's a magic power in there and that's where with Effie sometimes this competitiveness or even within a college there's inter-department comparison isn't there an inter-department um competition or we get compared to other departments or league tables are formed about departments I think that's actually quite damaging yeah I it's it's just hard it's hard to feel like a togetherness when actually the message should be like one college or one effie um to get the most out of people and teams and so i really like christina's although we've talked about hers first and she wasn't she wasn't on last yeah (laughs) um, yeah yeah um, and Katie Short, so she started us off, and, and and again, it was a really powerful message around learn a voice. Yeah, it was. Um, and how we should actually empower and use that. So one of my favourite bits that she was talking about was um, where she was saying that actually, instead of the you said we did yeah. kind of structure to learn a voice, it's actually preempting all of that. So not waiting until the end of the year and then trying to make a few changes before the next year, but actually getting students involved in um, curriculum design, like yeah. you know, looking at really early stages. So not for the next year or not for impacting the next week, but looking at, yeah. okay, longer term, curriculum design actually getting them involved kind of um through yeah through learner voice activities and cl- um you know class rep kind of course rep thing yeah and I, I loved you know I'm like about big thinking and big ideas that's me all day long but you know she talked about um student input and student voice um and reimagining that as something much bigger mm. so giving real power and developing critical thinking um so that students can focus on change and their ability to contribute and and instigate change and yeah. she went on to talk about actually how those skills are really important in sort of today's society so that students we're teaching students and we're developing students how to engage in a way to make a difference to their own communities and to industry yeah and that that whole concept of collective action um and I think you know with the state of of play of lots of things in the world today I think that's just a really powerful way to think about learner voice isn't it yeah definitely definitely yeah given you know it's more not not doing it as a um, kind of tick box exercise mm. to say yes we've consulted we've consulted with learners this is what we've said and we've acted on it it's kind of like making it way more meaningful than that so yeah I, um, just, I just love that and you know that's you'll know why I get excited about this stuff but actually if we can help the you know next generation in terms of how they can generate change and how they can influence change and how we can make a difference to the world I think that's really important yes yeah really strong message to start from Katie it was yeah Um, I know she has some links with kind of trade union um kind of trade trade union and adult learning so um, a learning and development organizer for a large trade union at the minute so yeah she she's got some really um really strong messages which are 
are really useful. So, um, and then there was Palvinda. Yes, love this one. <laughs> yeah, um, he was talking all about um, uh, yeah the challenges, really, isn't it, of of FE in terms of. Yeah, so you know where we we're being asked to do more for less. Yes, that whole um, and and he was kind of saying, which I thought was great. So he's one of his finishing statements about we need to look at how we can do less but less. Yeah. So um, which goes along with the whole you know work smarter not harder thing and all that yeah. kind of stuff that we talk about and actually finding um, some some solutions because there there is you know the, he, and he was very open and honest in saying that there is no magic wand. There's no you know every kind of fe. Um, institution in particular is going through the same struggles in terms of funding yeah. um, but kind of looking at it from a, a really different perspective and he was saying about maximizing um, you know the staff that you have and and the college that he was working at and there was um, a story that he told about the cleaner oh yeah saying that um, a college was just looking very narrow kind of like tunnel vision towards how they could make efficiencies and yeah. one of it was to do with like the cleaning staff and making sure that the cleaning staff um, were kind of as lean as possible and getting yeah. rid of like all these ones and and he was telling the story about this um a cleaner who but she actually used to make cups of tea and kind of look after students who came in early um, and was actually part of their pastoral support um yeah even though she wasn't paid for, for that but she took upon that role and 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 she was so much more than just a cleaner of the facilities yeah. um, and actually was like a, you know a backbone of the, that student support and um that that greeting into college and kind of it was so invaluable what she was doing you couldn't actually pay you know like it was worth more than the money that it cost to pay her um to keep those learners coming in being on time helping with punctuality helping them you know be prepared to learn and, and all of that that was not you know if you'd looked at it on paper um you would have just seen her as a number so it was just yeah I, I, I loved it he had some really different ideas as well like really different thinking yeah and, it, um, and because he was saying about we need to think outside the box um but it's not always about doing more it's about how you rethink what you do um yeah. and you know and part of what I do um we have those challenges of you know, I'm really lucky in a college where, you know, we haven't um, had to really scale right down um, in terms mm. of my team. Um, but we, you know, we have to be efficient and we have to be creative and we constantly feel that pressure to do more. Mm. And I'm currently working with curriculum areas to look at um, how we enhance teaching and learning. They feel like sometimes we're, we're, we're asking more of them. Yeah. But actually, I've started those conversations, which is you have, we have to think about how we can do things differently so that we're not doing, we're not constantly adding things in. We're yeah. really designing things. We're taking things out that don't serve our, our purpose. Yeah. We're taking things out that are not having a big impact. We're not being like held to or feeling scared to take things out just because we've always done them that way we're trying to redesign and think outside the box yeah um, and that's where innovation where we say about innovation why is it important and how does it impact on fe yeah. well you've got to be innovative innovative um and that can help with some of the more 
corporate aspects of like efficiencies and things yeah. um and it, and it's not about a threat to staff you know if you do more blended learning oh well that means that less staff are needed actually no it just means that um there's more opportunity more opportunity for growth yeah you can actually maximize then and build learner numbers and kind of looking it actually provides more stability yeah. staff and staff jobs and things so it's not looking yeah. at how can we replace teachers or what can take up teaching time that's not actually in the classroom you know it's a yeah. kind of looking at the broader picture yeah no I, I was just um looking at one of um palvinder's uh, sort of blurb in the program and it says my passion is to work with people to be the best they can be and you know that I always talk about that yeah um, I love that I love sort of supporting people to just be the best that they can be and when Effie is challenging sometimes it's easy to get sucked into a place where things feel negative yeah um, but actually it's about redesigning and rethinking what we do and how we do it so I re- yeah I really enjoyed it that um yeah and that kind of links in quite well with um the first working group that I went into yeah um which was called quality and FE and it was fear fear to face and that kind of that title just grabbed my attention when we first looked in it um in the program yeah um so because coming from quality and quality departments like we both do Mm -hmm. um it does take quite a while um if we're linking back into what Christina Donovan was talking about with trust, yeah, um, that quality is some, sometimes seen as the kind of the policing and the <laughs> compliance of what's going on, which, you know, the, the college that I've come from, Myasco, um, it did take a few years actually to try and turn that um, just preconception of what quality is and what it's about and what the team are there to do um, from not just checking auditing and, and checking on compliance, but we've talked about it lots before, but yeah. actually being there as a support, we are, we were, you know, a support area, um, yeah. a support and a kind of like tool to be used and, um, you know, to develop staff and all that kind of thing. So that really grabbed my attention. So I went in, this was um, a group that was led by um, Gavin Knox, Sally Reeve and Simon Justice Um, and they are um, all colleagues together so they're used to working together Mm -hmm. Um, and and what I really loved about the working group is they built it around um, the golden circle principle Um, yeah um, so it's Simon Sinek who was um, Yeah, who did like, a te- I'd, I'd listened to the TED talk on it, actually. So it was yeah. quite, um, it was really good when they actually brought it up and said that's yeah. how they, you know, how their um, working group was going to be based around the the why, the how, the what of yeah. the golden circle. Yeah. And it started with looking at current challenges and things, which is fine. But so the majority of the morning that I was in there, it was looking at what the, the problems were and, and what came out was this like huge fear of, quality and what it meant and what what was the difference between kind of measure and um compliance and all these like terms and things and yeah um, linking it obviously to the new eis yeah um and you know and it was a lot of why do we do what we do in quality what is what what are we trying to achieve and and just small things like we were looking around just the classroom that we happened to be in this was birmingham city university Mm. this is and this is evident i mean in every single classroom i think i've ever sat in and it was a big sign up on the wall saying um, no food or drink in this room mm-hmm. um and yeah I think we were sat in there with teas coffees and biscuits at the time <laughs> <laughs> um but it was just quite a big of like why 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 is that such a strong rule and that's in every you know and and you yeah. know co- coats and hats off before you start and all this kind of like so it just 
developed a conversation really about about like what the um kind of expectations are that we have in teaching and learning and yeah. quality why do we have them what impact do they actually have why you know why are they actually there in the first place so um really strong thoughts from quite a lot of people in the room were from colleges that had recently restructured which i think is pretty much every college now um so those had gone through recent restructures those were that were involved in quality a few people were really unsure as as to their role they were being asked to be developmental Um, help to assist to start you know help to you know you're there to support teachers to be better teachers yeah however they were also told but you must make sure they've complied with this that and this your learning walks have to be this 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 and observations need to be completed by this date you need to do strong action plans there needs to be um disciplinary action taken if people aren't you know performance management and it was like this dual role you're meant to be this supportive developmental person who also measures and um checks on compliance and audits and it's it is a bit of a um tricky balance it is a really tricky it is a real tricky balance I think um the people that I chat to you know often about quality I think there has to be it helps if there's a clear distinction between your development team and your quality assurance team um and trying to have even if it's only small team but trying to give clearer lines between how you're going to quality improve things how you're going to quality assure things I think sometimes the lines become too blurred and that's when you get people being scared of of they're not quite sure are they yeah that's it yeah and it's not and and that was the whole so this group was looking at how can we um still ensure that the metrics are there for governors and people Mm -hmm. to have um kind of confidence in in the teaching that's in a in a college for example yeah. like the standards of teaching but how can we do that in a way that is um kind of as supportive and non-threatening as possible to actually give people the freedom to be creative and take risks and um actually when we're talking about journeys from good to outstanding that's often the the kind of the wow factor bit the bit that's missing is <laughs> where people are doing what they know is good and what they know will result in good you know good outcomes and Mm -hmm. kind of everyone's happy and learners are getting good standards of lessons but it's that push on to outstanding where you kind of have to let the reins go a bit on people and let them um yeah find their own way um and go you you know yeah you've got to create a culture where people are allowed to grow to take risks to develop to be creative people won't be creative and this links back to culture and trust doesn't it that yeah won't be creative if they feel under the microscope all the time yeah mm. um so yeah these so the guys that were leading this were all from i think it was lincoln college okay it? uh lincoln college group so it'll yeah. be um really interesting if we can get them back on because i know it was um off the back of a project that they'd been running yeah. um so yeah I think it would be great if we can get them on and kind of like dig a bit deeper especially into what happened in the afternoon because yeah. obviously I missed all the solutions <laughs> so <laughs> I want to I want to know these solutions so that I can make sure I uh use them yeah, so yeah I, I one of the first session I went into was the reclaiming the joy of teaching um session with Alison Longdon and Jackie Rosser um and it, it's similarly it's linked um slightly in that you know it's about it was all about reclaiming the joy of teaching and um, why we think we've lost the joy of teaching and how we get the joy back. 
Um, so there was lots of um, thinking that happened, lots of discussion that happened. People were asked about how they felt about teaching. Um, and it was really interesting because I wrote down all the words um, and there was a lot of, um, you know, privileged was kind of a word that kept oh, popping I up. Yeah, and passionate and, and optimistic, um, surprisingly, came in there. They felt like hopeful. Um, yeah thought of a better future but the one of the other words that came out nearly from everyone was something that was related to frustrated um yeah and that was kind of a real key key word that kept coming out so we we did some sort of modeling and discussions about what does authentic and joyful teaching look like and we talked in depth about complexities about the interconnectivity of learning which I really loved and about energy and personality um, and then the frustration bit was all around people feeling like things were top down driven processes. Yeah. The more and more at this link back to that thing before about more to do, adding things in all the time. And people felt like things were really restrictive and they were just being told what to do. And, and basically they don't always know any different. Um, so there was that balance people we talked a lot about the complexities of different types of people in teams so there's some people who are have a voice and want to have a voice and they sort of help lead change or campaign for change and there's some um staff that kind of want to just keep their heads down and 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 try and do a good job but kind of not rock the boat um even if they feel kind of restricted um but i think that you know there's a big there's a big thing in there about teacher retention that we need to you know, unpick around how people feel about teaching and why they do their job. And actually, the main reason that people stay in their jobs is because they want to make a difference. Yes, that's it. And I think that's what, yeah, it all comes back to that. That comes back. It's the same kind of model, actually. We're going golden circle stuff of the why, isn't it? Why we do what we do. Um, So, yeah, that was, I know you came out of there um, feeling more positive, didn't you? Yeah, it was so to have those conversations everyone really valued that space to have those conversations and it really like weirdly links into this bigger thing of what we've been talking about on the teaching excellence podcast you know the whole time which is about creating expansive and connected cultures um that ground up approach to designing lessons so that student development of curriculum and student development of how they want to be taught and yeah and how you are more creative and Mm. allowing teachers to take risks and and get them in a place create the space create the time where they can develop their ideas because um I was reading something the other day that was talking about creative creativity being a like a muscle that you have to practice yeah definitely. um so you know if you get out of being creative or you're not very creative very often then you won't you lose the skill yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we've got to work our creativity muscles yeah. I like that I yeah so that was really interesting cool. we explained all those sorts of um things about collaboration student-led schemes of work and um, working together collaboration and actually this is one of the things I'm driving into next year um or trying to lead in towards next year is even if it's just 20 minutes a week in a curriculum team Let's use 20 minutes to have really meaningful, creative discussions, how we can help each other, bring people together, yeah. solutions focused, because the payoff of that 20 minutes 
yeah it's massive well that's it because team meetings often are very operational they're very you know which learners have we got not coming which you know kind of just very very operational talk and even when you put teaching learning on um an agenda as an agenda item I think there just needs to be a bit more um you know prompting to to, yes to to get that creativity going so um yeah so they were our morning ones and then um we went for lunch didn't we and then after lunch we did decide to peel ourselves away (laughs) (laughs) and um try and go into a couple another couple of sessions again I think we planned to go in a couple but we got kind of like again sucked up in what we went into yeah which I think is just our personalities I I think we found it difficult didn't we to try and go away once you were in the discussion and I um I went into the critical digital ped- pedagogy session yeah. that was run by um, Lynn Taylorson. Mm-hmm. And I know Lynn, um, I believe she's she's engaged in kind of like research into teacher education mm-hmm. um, and um, and particularly linked to kind of educational technology. So um, I really found this session. Obviously, I was coming in after they'd already had their morning, but she did do a bit of a recap. She went into full on teacher mode when I went in the room because she felt like I was um, going in for an observation. I think. <laughs> so she started doing her objectives again and then she got she was laughing about it, saying like yeah. she felt she was being observed. So that was quite funny. Um, but yeah, no, it was so good. She 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 did an overview. So in the morning, they've been picking apart the digital teaching professional framework. Yeah. Um, that is the resource from the um, ETF, the education training foundation mm. um and it, i think it was i believe it was developed in collaboration with jisc so that was what they'd been picking apart in the morning and basically trying to get away from using it as a checklist and a, and a tick list was what i gained um yeah. from the uh, i can do that and i can't do that kind mm-hmm. of approach and looking more at this critical element of the digital pedagogy mm-hmm. so what the difference between you know how they felt um that yeah just kind of the difference between digital pedagogy and and critical digital pedagogy which is looking at the purpose of why you're doing what you're doing and we talked before about not shoehorning technology into lessons just for the sake of doing a tick box good I've covered it I've done a kahoot yes um (laughs) that's my you know technology ticked off so I think that was definitely like the forming of the the conversation was around yeah what are we trying to do and it came back to linking to Katie Shaw's um initial part about learner voice and actually it was about um making sure that learners um could use technology for this hugely broad kind of like life skills development Mm -hmm. and and having a voice and being able to um so lynn was talking about really encouraging learners to like say get in contact with local mps or actually like drive trying to drive change yeah um, so it's really interesting she actually used an example I thought oh my goodness yeah so she said when they took away EMA so I was a teacher when EMA was about and it was yeah. one of the main things that would keep some of our more disadvantaged learners or those from more deprived backgrounds coming mm-hmm. into college sometimes yeah because they knew if they could come into college they could you know get their 15 pounds a week or 30 pounds a week or whatever it was mm-hmm. um Now, that might be a, um, well, that's not the reason why we want them coming in just to get the money. But actually, because that was their motivation maybe for the first term, Mm. but then you'd hooked them in, then you'd got them actually working on the skills. They were starting to get some kind of achievement, some kind of sense of 
um, cohesion with their group, all that kind of thing. And actually by term two and three, yes, they were still coming in and getting their money, but they were doing it because they wanted to complete the qualification and they were seeing the value in what they were doing. So what she was saying is, isn't it strange that because those learners then left, the new ones coming in, when they stopped EMA, there wasn't a big outcry from the new students coming in saying, well, they got paid £30 a week. Yeah. Well, why am I not getting that? I'm doing yeah. the same course and things. My older brother got EMA. No one actually, because they didn't, they wouldn't have felt like they had the voice or the... They didn't miss it, did they, because they never had it? No, but there, there was no, um, you know, there was no empowering students to say, as, a, as teachers or as, you know, in the yeah. education sector, right, you should be mad about this. You should be campaigning for this. You should be writing to your local MP and the local authority and did it you know there was no like and she was saying about the importance basically of yeah. making sure that um you know people young adults they feel they have a voice and they can make a difference they can make a change they can influence um the surroundings using technology for kind of social networking um on a, a broader scale do you know that more of a community um, community building platform rather than social media kind of yeah. platform but it was yeah so I found it absolutely fascinating yeah um, there was a few key words that kept coming up dur- during the session um, and, and yeah it was a good really good to come in obviously I was a bit of an intruder in the afternoon <laughs> <laughs> they, really, they were very welcoming actually I, yeah I was let me in the group <laughs> yeah I was welcomed definitely into the afternoon I went into so I went into coaching and mentoring um, session with Charlene Page and Craig Smith um, and they're from Ashton Sixth Form um, and yeah I I really loved that and that's why we, again we got sucked into it in the afternoon because yeah. um, I'm really passionate about coaching um, as a concept and a coaching culture so that was really interesting in the morning they'd covered um, you know analyzing what the challenges were around coaching and mentoring and actually linking to that other session the that that link between is it performance management is it quality assurance or is it quality improvement and support um and that whole perception of of what we do um in the different teams uh, to either develop staff or measure them so um uh, we the session in the afternoon started with um, a video that, of uh, Eric Schmidt, who is um, the CEO at Google, and all, it was all about coaching culture and um, you know having that sort of coaching culture and coaching approach rather than feedback and yeah. rather than you know just giving people. Um, things to go away and do they have to buy into their actions they have to buy into their own development and it links very much to Matt's um, uh, most recent Fettel report which is all about teachers being best placed to own their own development yeah and I just got really absorbed in the whole in the whole session and I'm definitely as we said we're going to try and get everyone on to to do um an hour or half an hour on their their session and their summaries yeah definitely um, the follow-up and the, the yeah because this, this is especially with this one in in terms of you know creating that culture of trust the ideas of growth getting people to own their own growth yeah. uh, getting people to or helping people to become more self-determined but given the time to think and reflect and plan and monitor how they're going to improve their practice um, and how we're going to use coaching conversations. So um, very much what I'm going to be implementing this year, which is 
um, pre-observation reflections and post-observation reflections, um, very much a coaching model um, with just some, just nothing huge, but small bits of thinking, um, yeah. you know, and yeah, we kind of explored or the, the, the groups were exploring how we can develop that, how we can um, create CPD and professional development opportunities that are in line with a coaching culture. So there's definitely um, more, I think many of our episodes going forward are going to be about coaching culture because it's yeah. something I'm leading on going into next year. That'll, um, be, that'll be good. And what yeah. I really liked is at the end of all the sessions, everybody had to write their pledge, didn't they? Yeah. So this was, again, something where it's quite action-focused, this conference. Yeah. Um, and it was saying you had to kind of come away with three actions that you would kind of um, pledge to to do. So one of my actions was actually completing this podcast and sharing, <laughs> yeah. spreading the word. So I can tick one of mine off. But yeah, um, yeah and people were tweeting them afterwards and things. So I think if, um, if people want, um, put in the hashtag reimaginefe19 into Twitter, you'll see like quite a lot of these pledges that people were tweeting, which yeah. was brilliant. Yeah, um, they were great. And the, you know, the afternoon oh, yeah, was finished by sort of really inspirational stuff from Lou, Lou Mycroft um, and Matt O'Leary. And, um, you know, like you say, we came away skipping, didn't we? Yeah, loved it, <laughs> loved it. It's such a, like those days, it really um, reaffirms and like gives me hope. Yeah. Because I think I'm so, I was looking in that room, there was like, say, I, I don't know how many hundred people in that, in that huge lecture, lecture theatre. And yeah. I was thinking all of these people are involved in FE in some way, shape or form. And yeah. that really gave me a sense of, of one pride that this is yeah. our sector and these people, these creative kind yeah. of really open minded people are all part of it. And re re really hopeful that actually these people are going to be having an impact and influence in the FE sector because... Mm -hmm. Um, everyone in the room I mean it's such an energy filled room people are like going woo and cheering and like, <laughs> yeah such a nice vibe it's not like a stuffy conference so oh it's I, so good yeah yes. so it's just no, that I mean we came in and I, I think we were like cheering and shouting within the first couple of minutes of being <laughs> in there and it was just like a bit of a carnival atmosphere type of thing but I love that because it, it does I mean CPD some people don't you know kind of not value um value it but I don't think anyone can go to that conference and come away not feeling like they've got something from it so no it was yeah. we'd recommend anybody who has anything to say or has any opinion on on Effie and how we make it a really positive move you know in the future I think you know get yourselves there and get involved yeah and a huge thanks it was huge thanks to the yeah. Um, organizers for inviting us along because I know we would have gone anyway. But, yeah, yeah, but it actually, we were, um, we were so excited to be yeah. there with the podcast. Um, and and we hope to do them proud when we, yeah, it was our first podcast road trip, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. <laughs> and so, yeah, we wanted to say thanks to Suzanne and to Joe Fletcher Saxon for for having us and um, always making us feel um, very welcome. So, yeah, um. I know you've got to go catch a train soon, Jade. So I will yes. um, we'll end it there. And then, as we said, we're going to get 
contact all the different session leaders and get them on, talk, talk to them, aren't we? Yeah, because I really want to, I'm just so intrigued, especially the sessions we were in, in terms of yes. what, what the actions are going to be coming away from it. Because I know people are going to be writing blogs, you know, yeah. we can kind of share all that. And, and um, But also the ones that we didn't manage to get into, uh, yeah. because everyone did a summary at the end, didn't they, to the yeah. full team and some of them I was thinking oh I wish I'd gone in that oh I wish I'd gone in that yeah, so <laughs> it was hard it was really 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 tough to kind of like limit ourselves but I am pleased that we stayed in the sessions for the yeah. amount of time we did because I think we got a real sense then of what was um kind of like being discussed within them and and the, the, the feel of it so yeah and how we can take it away yeah that's it that's it um and I think oh. next time we got some more ideas didn't we next conference we go to about a, yeah. a few more live features which will be yes. really good so can't wait to do that yeah um, okay thanks, Steph. yeah I'll catch you soon okay, okay. Bye. Bye, bye 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 thanks for listening to the teaching excellence podcast leave us a voice message in anchor Tweet us and let us know what you think or what you want to hear on the show. Tune in next week for more. Have an amazing week and be the best version of you.